Today is October 9th, 2020, and you're listening to episode 38 of Manchild and the Old Guy. He's the manchild, a bearded 20-something, and I'm the old guy, a cynical Gen Xer. This is your intergenerational podcast where we discuss pop culture, faith, politics, and whatever we find interesting, no longer broadcasting from the basement, but still with mom's permission. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man-child. Welcome to our stream of consciousness. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. So Turner this is- stops chewing on the carpet. Turner. Oh. Dumb well, dog. It used to be me with the pet problems, but now it's you. Yeah, I got two dogs now. <laughs> you got the 14-year-old Shih Tzu and then the puppy Turner that's like six months old. No, no. He's 13 weeks, 13 12 weeks. weeks. He's, still, he's still new. He, he's he's fresh fresh puppy the new dog smell <laughs> i don't like how that smells honestly i don't like the smell of babies and i don't like the smell of puppies I like the smell of a dog dog um so what's uh usually we start out with uh <laughs> having a gas pain or what ah, i just had a cramp in like my my lower left rib oh. i don't know what that was about yeah, that's called i'm getting old i know right <laughs> Pretty soon you'll be the old guy and I'll be the super mm-hmm. So what do you have a rant for us today or are you just Oh man, okay. So here here's here's a dilemma I'm having with some of my buddies. And I was talking to you this a little bit about uh, in the free show. So I am a huge Xbox guy. I mean I am such a huge Xbox guy. I was even ready for this. I have an Xbox t shirt on right now. I have an Xbox t shirt on right now that's how big of an xbox fan i am i think it's awesome as a gaming console i think it has the best controller the best ui it uh, works with other devices incredibly well and you know what it is a great entertainment center it just works all the apps netflix youtube all of those work really well it connects to the google home so if you want to ask it to turn off the xbox to pause something to resume something you can do that uh yeah you pay 10 bucks a month you can play with anyone around the world at any time you get discounts on some newer games all this kind of stuff and there's some newer features that are coming out too even with the new consoles i have the xbox one s just a basic model i got it because i graduated college thank you thank you wife thank you girl child um but all my friends that work at best buy all use a gaming pc right they all use a gaming pc and they're like it's superior you have more frame rates it it, it doesn't get outdated uh so you have all these people talking about this well sometimes they do um and I, I get it. I, I get it. The, the, the computer is a computer. But I, when I play Xbox, I don't want a computer at my fingertips. I want a game console that is engineered in every single way to be a game console. Let me, let me when I, this. If they're using the gaming PC, are they using a keyboard or are they using uh, keyboard and mouse? Keyboard and mouse. Some of them, they, some of them they use have a controller. Yeah, most of them use because uh, with Windows, you can use the Xbox controller as for it most of them use uh, keyboard and mouse but for my xbox if i wanted to i can use the keyboard and mouse um uh yeah i lost my train of thought anyways so when i play online with them with my xbox mainly like call of duty they're like oh i'm dropping frames oh my game is glitching oh man my uh, keyboard oh blah 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 but you know they're talking about it's not going as fast it's not doing this it's not doing that well guess what baby my xbox it may not give me uh 144 uh 
FPS or whatever, dude. I may be only getting 60 or 75. I may not be getting 4K. I'm getting 1440p. But I'll tell you what, I never once have an issue. It is engineered to give you just a steady performance, not the best performance, but a steady one. And that I would rather have reliability over crappy engineering. This is why when you upgrade to business internet, it's not uh, like a gigabit internet. It's like 10 megabits, but up and down, it always stays. It doesn't fluctuate from 30 to five to two to, to 16. It always stays at 10 or whatever it is. So you always have a reliable internet connection. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a great entertainment system, right? I'm not looking for a freaking computer to do all this kind of stuff. Now, I do need a computer to do some better video editing. I do need a computer to um, do some other stuff. And having a gaming PC wouldn't be that bad either because Xbox now has what's called uh, Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So it's 15 bucks a month and you can play any Xbox game, any, and you can, you get like 30 or 40% off all new games, any games Uh, you can play on the new X cloud, which is on any Android device on your PC or on your Xbox. It streams over the internet. I can download games, play them all that I want. You play it on yeah. Apple. Uh, you can, uh, but it has to go through a browser. So they're still working the kinks out on that. Um, but anywho, you, you can do all this kind of stuff with the, the Game Pass. So if I had a gaming PC, I could play my favorite Xbox game when I'm not at home. Or, you know, well, I mean, if I had a gaming laptop, but a desktop, I could be over here and do that and still play with people on other PCs. Mm-hmm. Great service, all this kind of stuff. Those are reasons I would get it. I would not get it just because PC gaming is superior to Xbox or PlayStation. What people don't understand is that when you're you're using a console system, most people aren't looking for this expandability for all this crazy stuff. They're looking for a reliable, enjoyable entertainment center, a media center. Uh, If that is what you're using it for, the Xbox and PlayStation, but I prefer Xbox, is a fantastic thing. It is beautiful. It just works so well. And that's all it is. But everyone's like th- these console wars. Yeah, I think Xbox is better than PlayStation. I think PlayStation sucks. Well, Xbox is basically a computer, right? Yes, but it is impossible to run Windows on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all had- the hard drives you stick it in everything, you can't make one so the, the ROM in it won't or the BIOS won't start up a windows so between the cpu where you plug in external hard drives between everything there's a chip i can't remember the name of the chip it's a proprietary chip made by microsoft that means that the processor cannot understand anything that is another operating system outside of the xbox operating yeah, system that's the bios the basic input operate that bios stands for basic input operating system right but yeah. it if the BIOS won't load the kernel for Microsoft Windows, it's not going to run. Right. But it, what it is is that it specifically uh, blocks things going to the CPU, things going out, everything. It controls everything and, and it knows if this thing is proprietary or not. So if it is acceptable work with Xbox, it'll go through. It's not just like a BIOS. It's an actual chip that gets updates to understand people that try and work their way in to use it as a like PC because the Xbox is not a PC though. It technically has the specs that you could use, yeah, it, especially the newer ones It's running like an I five processor, isn't it? Uh, I don't, 
non <laughs> no yes kind of well it has um, multiple because it has the pro the software processor but then it also has a graphics chip yeah they're they're weird the way they're set up because they have just a different sort of processor the newer uh xboxes use the amd's platform for graphics cards and things like that um but yeah. Anyways, yeah, you just can't use it as a PC, although ba basically it is um, a PC, but it's a very locked down thing. But that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a PC for all this stuff. Are these people who are playing with the PCs, do they have like the $5,000 gaming PCs? Or are they trying to take like a normal PC and make he, it a gamer? Here's the, the misnomer people have is that they people think you can make a just basic PC into a gaming PC. You can't. Right. Um, and then people that pay for the $5,000 game, gaming PCs are numb nuts because you, you can make a gaming PC for like 700 bucks, like a, a pretty good one. Not like a fantastic one, but a pretty good one for like 700 bucks, five grand. I, that thing would be so overpowered. Yeah. Well, there's those ones where you have like eight hot swap spots for hard drives in it and and uh yeah total those, mega system yeah i mean if you want to pay five thousand dollars alienware is a good way to go because it's here's funny if you ever go to best buy you'll see what's called the alienware aurora it looks like a big turbine from the front it's got light like it looks really cool if you flip it around the back you see the edges of the plastic casing and then you just see the flat metal part of a back of just a rectangle dell desktop it, it's just the rectangle dell desktop except they put this huge plastic casing around so they didn't even put the insides on steroids or anything no i mean they are but it's just for you know three grand yeah well well for some leds that cost you know a penny a piece oh leds are cheap dude so you hear heard it here first for folks that uh manchild is against gaming pcs I'm not against gaming PCs. I just think the debate that gaming PCs is better than a console is dumb because people are looking for different things out of it. So if you're looking for the best possible performance and be able to play anything and all this kind of stuff, yeah, gaming PC is the way to go. If you're looking for a casual gaming experience to have fun, enjoy yourself, just do whatever. It's always reliable. And network and with a bunch of people to play the same game, maybe. Yeah, and, and you want it as a, a media center, then the Xbox is the perfect way to go. And uh, I guess that works for PlayStation as well. Now, like for the Switch and the PlayStation, like uh, there's a portable, <coughs> excuse me, there's a portable component. Does Xbox have that now? Like if you were playing Call of Duty on your Xbox and you push pause and then you loaded up the app that you're talking about on the Android, can you pick up the game where you left off? Like not not, not yet. Um, so PlayStation doesn't have that. They got rid of their mobile gaming platform. Oh, well, that's yeah, they, how much I'm on top of it. Yeah, so they had the PS Vita, which was yeah. after the PSP. You know, McDonald had the PSP. Um, they got rid of that platform. Although, although they just ended support for it in 2018, even though they stopped making them in like 2014. The Nintendo Switch is purely mobile. I mean, the you have two versions of the Switch. There's the Lite, which is just a one piece of plastic it's smaller 
but it's just there. You can't connect to anything else. All your games saved on there are just on that device. The normal switch with the joy cons that come off, you can put that on a dock and put it on your TV and put the controllers together for a little thing and have a whole bunch of people in play. Um, but even with that, it's only on that device. Xbox though is doing the X cloud gaming, which is where I'll be able to, uh, I, I would have to, be streaming the game from online on my Xbox, press pause, and then I could flip out my like Microsoft Surface Duo, right? So the phone. As long as you were streaming it from online. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to, like the game I have downloaded, like let's say Call of Duty, um, an old, let's say like the Call of Duty Black Ops from 2012. Mm-hmm. That's an old disc kind of game. If I had that playing on here, I wouldn't then be able to pick up where I was mobile but if i was playing online like multiplayer and i turned off the xbox picked this up my same account everything is right there but it wouldn't be playing on the hardware old basically is doing is responding to what's going on the cloud um which is only really going to be feasible with um if you're on good wi-fi or when 5g becomes readily available to turn on the nanobots in our bloodstreams. Yeah, something like that. Or just to be able to actually well, I, do I think a thing. That, I mean, that's the way everything's going, to stream it all and then have everybody pay for a monthly subscription rather than you having physical discs. Although they do make a lot of money on those little discs they sell at the consoles. But Yeah, and there's benefits to both. So, you know, it, 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 it's dumb to some, expe- to some aspect because um, – you know, if I just want to have a digital or like an actual copy of the game to load in my Xbox so I don't have to do updates, then that's fine. But the the problem is, is that as soon as your Xbox is connected to the internet, you always have to do an update. I mean, half the time when you buy a new game, you plug it in, you have to download basically the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the disc is just like the start menu to get it started. So just to have the digital copies makes more sense. I prefer having the discs, but... I'm getting past that point now. It's still really hard because we come from a very analog family where we like to actually have the device, the disc, and we have a giant movie online catalog. We have all this kind of stuff set up. So I'm watching the dogs fight each other right now. (laughs) Um, You know, and like the newest, they have two new Xboxes, the Series S and Series X. The Series S is uh, $299, the Series X is like $499. Uh, Differences, the Series X is a freaking beast of the machine. It outputs uh, 4K at like 144 hertz, which is really, a, a TV only does 60 hertz. So it's a very smooth experience. They have ray tracing, which means that light looks extremely. You can't see past 60 hertz so no um what's the reason to overclock that no so the the thing is so we can't in real life perceive yeah anything really past 60 because of motion blur we can see on a screen when something is past that so 240 is about you can look i don't even look me like that dude i work in this stupid stuff I, I understand, but fluorescent lights are switching at 60 times a second, and we don't notice the flicker. So how are we going to notice? Don't, no, no, stop. You don't notice the flicker until something moves. So when you move your mouse across the screen on a 60 hertz screen versus a 75 versus a 144 and a 244, there is a massive difference because you can see the mouse kind of just kind of 
move across the screen, skip-de-doo-dah on a, like, let's say a 144 screen, the mouse doesn't have a little skippy motion. There is no motion blur to it. It just is a solid thing moving. So on the screen, we don't notice motion blur. In real life, if that happened, we can't perceive it because we have to perceive motion blur. On a screen, we can perceive what things would look like at that in real life, but it's 144. So we can perceive that because it's not in real life. If something is real life and happened like that. I just looked it up while you're talking. 4K, it, it just, 4K either runs at 30 frames per second or 60. It doesn't run at some 140. Yeah, yes, it, yes, it does. Some, it can run. I can play 4K at 15 frames, but not 720 even at who would run a hundred frames? You just can't even see that. But you're not you're not understanding. It's not about the 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 resolution. So like 4K, 1440p, whatever is just the clarity of it. So when it comes to not like so that's the thing you have to understand. It's not looking at movies. Movies is a totally different thing. When you're looking at digitally like CGI stuff, mm-hmm. 4K just means very high end. Uh, detailed things. And r- when you're looking like at an actual like movie, so let's say like we're watching Avengers, if you bump that up to 8K, 5K, whatever, all that kind of stuff, at a certain, we can't perceive anything. Colors look a little different. Things might look a little sharper, but it, we can't notice all those differences. The, the differences you get is the closer you get to the TV, the less pixels you see. That's That's the big difference. But when you're doing gaming, the 4K resolution isn't so much talking about like, this oh, looks more oh. real than real life. It's what it's doing is because naturally, like a Call of Duty does not look like real life. The higher the resolution, the closer it does look to real life. So gaming compared to like actual cinema requires way higher resolution to look more real, just like the frame rates. So if you play original Call of Duty, like Call of Duty, uh, one or something that modern warfare itself from like 15 years ago it's running at 30 frames a second which is pretty close to what we see but this is what it looks like Mm -hmm. is it but once you get up to 144 at the least it starts running more like this it looks so much more real and it's because the way the systems are set up and the way we perceive it and the screens is that augmented stuff so fake cgi computer animated things are so low compared to actual life. So yes, in real life, when you're watching a movie, if you bump things up to 144, it doesn't look natural. Um, and then if you make things 8K, it doesn't look natural. That's why I didn't like the Hobbit movies because they shot it in 120 at like 5K. I don't like that because things look too sharp. Colors were too weird. And everyone moved with this smoothness that doesn't exist in real life. Mm-hmm. So it took me out of the movie. But if you had an animated movie that was running at 60 frames a second, which most animated movies are at 30 frames a second, if you bumped it to 60, it's so much smoother. So I, what, I would, what I would encourage you to do is go on YouTube and look up uh, classic Disney movies in, in, in 60 frames a second. And you'll notice they'll play a clip of Mulan where someone's running. And originally when we were watching it, we don't think anything too weird. And then you see it in 60 frames and you're like, whoa, that's, that's, that's buttery smooth. <laughs> Butter, buttery smooth. I mean, it is. So I, I just shared a screen with the ideas. Yeah, I see it. I don't even know where I've clicked on. This is high understanding frame rate in video. So this is from last year. But it says the highest frame rate is actually 240. But yep. gamers use 144. 
Now they do have a picture here, like what you're talking. Here's 60 frames per second, and then here's 120. Yeah, it's it's just a matter of there's there's no true way for us to, to fully be able to say like what the the actual resolution that we see, because again, the resolution I see probably isn't close to what some TVs can put out, but there's other people that can probably see way more detail than I can. Just like I, you know, I have some vision problems. Yeah. I'm just saying in general, people can't see past actually most people can't see past 48 frames a second. No, and totally agree with that. Because like if you've got a fluorescent light, again, it's flashing with the, AC current going into it because it's a plasma. It's flashing mm. at 60, 60 frames a second, basically. So if you get something moving at 60 cycles a second, like a bicycle tire or something, it'll look like you're in a strobe. Um, and people don't see it because our eyes have our retinas have a persistence of vision, which is why old phosphorus TV screens worked, is because of that persistence. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm agreeing with you. All I'm saying is that when it comes to digital media. Um, what 60 frames a second in real life is way higher than what 60 Hertz is on a screen mm-hmm. for what we can perceive. So they're very two different categories. So it's like apples and oranges. Now 60 frames a second is totally different in movies because that is real life. So we can tell when things look real. That's why classic movies look so good. And then you see movies These from the nineties. Yes, totally real. <laughs> Get those dogs settled down. Yeah. Bella's <laughs> sleeping. Turner's over there just eyeballing me because he knows I don't like it when he bites at the carpet. Why why does he bite at the carpet? Oh, he's teething. So he's he just split my thumb. Oh, you got classic puppy teeth. Yeah, I, I was playing with just a little chew tones, uh uh chew bone and just kind of moving around and he just like let go. He's like, er, and then I yeah, and he bit down a little further. Ooh, that went right through my thumb. That teeth, Just, those, those teeth are like razors. I remember when Bella bit bit your thumb and sliced it down the center. That was almost, blood all over. You get stitches on that, to be honest. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. So, so with that, we want to thank people for listening today. So we're trying something new with the uh, the music this week. Because last week I had to overdub the beginning, not in the video, but on the actual podcast. So, uh, But we do want to take a moment to acknowledge all our Stream of Consciousness listeners out there. We're very thankful, each of you, and we appreciate all of you for listening and adding value to the podcast as you interact with us on social media and places like that. When you share your Stream of Consciousness with us, you are helping to produce the show. And uh, if you found value with this podcast, we ask you to please visit anchor.com slash MCTOG to support the show and make a donation in the amount of value you've received. Donations help keep us podcasting. And we want to interact with each of you as well. So look for Manchild and the Old Guy Facebook page. Uh, Support links can be found through our website www.bloodpumpmedia.com. You can also cross your stream of consciousness with us by emailing us at bloodpumpmedia at gmail.com or commenting on the Facebook page or on the YouTube channel as we're recording this and we post it on YouTube. We'd love to hear from any of you. Please send us your suggestions or comments so you can help produce the show. If you like what you hear and you're finding value in entertainment and what 
we are doing, then by all means, be a producer as a listener by telling others and sharing links and liking and doing all that on social media that you do like share all that kind of stuff so that we can get as many people listening to the podcast. And, uh, you know, the more people talking in communication, the more we have fun with all this. So occasionally you guys send us notes and, uh, we really appreciate that. And we have fun with it. Usually Manchild jumps in on the B block, but he's always depended on me when we were in the basement, putting it up on a screen that nobody could see. Yep. So I've got to figure out how to share that with him without sharing it with all of you at the same time. So we'll figure that out. But this is, again, our second. Give us money. <laughs> our second test run at, um, you know, doing this kind of stuff. So uh, recording in two states at one time, uh, which is a big deal for us since, you know, the first time, well, this, the very first time we tried it was a train wreck. So, um, but, you know, we're, we're learning as we go along. So. Uh, let's see if we raise $1,000, we will, we will release that podcast. That's a good challenge. If we can get a thousand dollars in donations or a thousand likes on Facebook, how's that? (laughs) Something a thousand followers. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into some political talk. So, uh, as you know, I've moved to another state, namely Minnesota, Minnesota nuts. Yeah, and there's something funny going on here. If you remember after the George Floyd incident, the city council of Minneapolis started uh, voting to defund the police. And so there's a gal up here that I watch on YouTube sometimes. She's always kind of freaky to me because her she's got one of those circle um, light things that go around her camera when she records yeah. her. So as you're, I'll play this video and you can see the video right now. Yeah. YouTube there. I haven't been playing yet, but just look at her. Even right now, if you look at her eyes, they look spooky because it's that, that circle LED ring light is like right around her corneas and just makes her eyes look really spooky, but just give a listen to what she's saying. Early in the summer, you probably remember when the Minneapolis city council voted to defund the police, it passed and they defunded the police. Since then, over 100 police officers have either quit or gone on extended leaves of absence. Gee, I wonder why, right? No support. Come on. No one's going to stick around. Well, they have flipped the script, the city council, that is. They recently went to the local police chief saying, where are the police? We need them. We don't see them anywhere. Their crime has risen. Let me go over what's risen. Um, Let's see here. Carjackings, robberies, assaults, and shootings. They also are saying, we never really meant it when we voted to defund the police. It wasn't interpreted properly. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Pretty sure you did what you did because you meant it. Early in the summer. Let's start playing it. Yeah, so this is kind of a funny little thing here she gives like a little minute synopsis but if you're um here local this is exactly what's happening they're like oh well we didn't really mean all that and uh we we you know you didn't interpret it properly and i can tell you in some neighborhoods crime is skyrocketing and police calls are taking forever because 
they're they're not replacing police officers. They're people are retiring or taking extended leaves of absence, and they're not coming back. And they have no plan right now with with budgets and stuff to bring people back. So this is really a big a big problem. And I know other big communities are are doing this, but the um, the big side of this is people are talking about well, we'll send social workers in first to like domestic disputes which are some of the most violent things that police officers walk into or to send a case, a social worker in to talk to some guy who's having a problem with drugs or, or something like that. So that it's, it's a big issue. If um, the police aren't going to be there, who's who are trained to deescalate and uh, trained to try to keep people safe. And, uh, and to tell you right now in Minneapolis, it's a problem. Well, I'm here, here's what I would say. None of this stuff would happen if you guys just enacted the policy I did, which is oddly enough the same policy that a lot of people have now, uh, which is you don't give pre- preferential hiring to military veterans. Uh, you stop giving cops the ability to purchase freaking military stuff. You end SWAT teams. Uh, and one of the main things is, guess what? It works better if you have a cop that can do the beat. Have freaking beat cops, dude. The same dude just strolls in the same neighborhoods, same parts of town, same retail, whatever. Maybe they don't have a gun. Probably. You give them a baton. They have the classic police uniform with the collars and everything. They don't look like a freaking paramilitary group uh, walking around. People get familiar with these people. They're friendly. They can walk around, whatever. Those are the people that in an area they dispatch to. They have a number, so they get direct calls. So if someone calls 911, they're the first person they go to. They go there, and they have a walkie, so they can say, like, hey, we need backup. So you have a cop there in certain areas, and that precinct always just vigilant. Maybe they live there. Maybe they don't. There's a two-shift, whatever. I don't know how that's going to work. But if you have that set up, you're going to have less issues. People are familiar. They know, oh, there's a cop around the neighborhood. We know, you know, Officer Gray over there is going to bust our nuts. But here's the other thing. Having those kind of cops can teach lessons to kids versus just having some dude roll up into a, uh, I don't know, a Mexican, white, black neighborhood, whatever. Some kids smoking a joint. You have a beat cop that say, hey, Greg, Bill, st- get that out of your mouth, man. I'm going to take that. They stomp on it, throw it away or whatever. Don't let me catch you doing that again. Normal cop pulls up, boom, 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 starts beating the crap out of the kid, lock him up, and then guess what? You have a felony charge if you're 18 years old. You're still a kid. You're 18 years old, and guess what? You're always going to forever have the stupid jail time sentence because you smoked a joint. Okay, well, first, let me just say that in general, cops are not jumping out of the car and just beating people up. There's, there's I, always, I, I'm I just saying, you, I, 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 yeah, in general, no, maybe I, it's not wait, happening, wait, wait, but wait. it's happening enough. Well, it, it's happening in a way that gets recorded, of course. But, dude, if you go on YouTube right now, I'm, uh, and I'm, look, I, I support police officers, but if you go on YouTube right now and just look up in the year 2020, cops like jumping a kid because they're skateboarding or because they're smoking a joint. There are hundreds and hundreds of videos. And that's hundreds and hundreds but of times that it goes of, too far. They're all, no, 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 no. They're like 20 minute videos of a cop just beating the crap out of a kid. It's not, oh, it's out of context. No one can see it or anything like that. It's, it's just this one video. You see the whole lead up of a cop pulling up and these issues arising. And then the cop just kind of starts tasing some 16 year old. Okay. But what I'm, all I'm saying is cops don't roll up and jump out and start beating somebody. There's always, 
They do. They do. Not all of them. Yeah, not all of them. But there's enough times that happens. Sure. There's enough times you have cops that just go in neighborhoods that they're not a part of. They're not a part of that community. They don't know the kids. So you have this like this. Here's the big issue with cops. It's us versus them. That is the mentality that so many police officers have, whether it's bad or good, doesn't matter. How many police officers do you know? Uh, I know several, especially here in town that go to the store and are part of the city council and stuff. And you think that they have yeah. a, and some of them even talked about that before. Here's, here's it, what, cause I've lived in the community where you're living and here's what, when we had big round tables, when a whole bunch of like 13 and 14 year old kids in that community were stealing cars just to drive across town. No, I remember that happening. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And we were sitting and listening to some of the stories of the police co- officers, which is, uh, I'm driving through a neighborhood, a kid uh, is standing in his front yard, sees my car pull by, gives me double middle fingers. This is an eight, nine, 10 year old kid. I yeah. stopped just to talk to the kid for a second and say, hey, why are you flipping me off? Before I even talk to the child, his parent comes running out of the house and starts F-bombing me left and right on how I'm a MFR, blah, 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 blah. And so the police officer's like, you know, screw this, just gets in the car and drives off. But they don't even get a chance to do what you're just saying. He's just cruising the neighborhood like he usually does, wants to talk to little Jimmy about why you double flipping me off. And he doesn't even get a chance because he's already lambasted by the parent as he's just going up to talk to a kid and say, hey, it's not right. So what you're saying about a police officer running the beat and all that is probably not going to happen. In no, the- I'm not saying that we've reenacted that policy right now. I am not saying it and that that's taken out of context to say like, well, if we just did it right now, it's going to fix the problems. I'm not saying that there is no policy. People freaking hated social security when it first came out. Republicans said it was too socialist. The Democrats were like, oh, it's a little far left. And then here we are almost a hundred years later. And we're just like, oh, well, you know what? That's a crucial part of American life. Okay, whatever. Policies take some time. What I'm saying is, yeah, the cop, I don't care. I don't care about the the personal anecdotes about it because that's what it is. There's so many stories of that kind of stuff happening of where a cop does pull out and that that escalates so quickly. You don't know what your little kid's going to do. You don't know what cop that is. You don't know what he's going to do. So the kid parent comes out. Yeah, it's a perception that needs a change, but I get it from both sides why the cop feels like, hey, man, I want to educate you. Like, we're not having an issue. I just, why you flipped me off? And the parent's like, no, 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 not my kid. So I get both sides of that. And I get why some cops feel like they're being attacked because they are, but there are so many police officers. Just look at the freaking protests, man. Look at those. There's plenty of officers in those crowds of kids of just marching where they're macing a kid just sitting in the street or they decide to push an old man over or just start beating someone. Right. There's so many videos of that where they have this versus them mentality, them versus us, where they have this paramilitary thing. They come out of the military and they're ready to freaking still kill somebody. You ever seen the movie Major Pain? Basically a good example of that. Or I'm not saying this is everyone across the board, but there's enough cases of it where it's just nothing's being done. And then you have qualified immunity where, kid, where officers are getting away with basically murder and here's a fine or a night in jail and go home or they just get fired and then they don't get to go to jail. Look, you. A lot of times things escalate very quickly for police officers and they have to make split de- second decisions. I, and I totally agree and, with that. And so totally- that's, that's where some of this qualified immunity comes from is if you've got to make a decision in a split second, but we're going to go back after the fact and, uh, and prosecute you for that. 
in the in a moment of tension. Uh, no, 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 no. Qualified immunity is supposed to be there. That's right. What that's the way it's for. supposed now, to. The I way, will say that the court system doesn't always use it that way. Well, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Qualified immunity is supposed to be used in the sense that if a cop goes in a situation and ends up shooting somebody, they don't just drag him off the jail. He's he's a free person. And then they investigate the matter to figure out whether or not, like, hey, man, that, that was not a justified thing. And then you arrest the dude. If you say, like, hey, you shot and killed the guy, but it was justified, you're you're fine. You're not going to face any charges. Take take a couple weeks off. Right, that's qualified immunity, but yeah, it, it's but not it's not the freaking walk away. The dude that shot George Floyd, that dude already no shot. One, he shot, no one shot George Floyd or whatever, you know, stepped on his neck, whatever actually happened with that. Yeah. That dude already had a huge list of issues. And the fact that he was still on the police force, just like I, I work at a retail store. If I had one instance of me cussing out a customer and flipping them off, do you think I would still have a job there? No. But if I continually had that on my record of doing that to customers, I would not have a job. If a cop routinely and unjustifiably and is been punished so are you for doing that in a row, that is, they shouldn't be a cop. Yeah, that happens because there's police unions. So, Great. So do you... <laughs> So are you advocating busting up the police unions? I'm not for defunding police. I'm not for busting up police unions. I'm for making huge reforms in police. And this is stuff I've called for since this podcast started, man. I don't think we should give military equipment, military training, and SWAT teams to police. Well, SWAT team is one thing, but militarizing the SWAT team is another thing. So uh, this is part of the Patriot Act, which uh, anybody who knows me, I'm totally against the Patriot Act. Uh, it was good for a time, but we should um, stop renewing it every year. Pres- the House and the Senate vote on it, and every year the president signs off on it because the deal's allows- too good to let go. What's that? The deal's too good to let go, man. Well, sure, you're sending surplus military equipment to little towns in the Midwest. There's no reason. I have always said this. There's no reason like little towns in Nebraska should have a armored personnel carrier for their police force, you know, but some of them do because there was surplus military equipment and it was given out and they get money to buy that stuff. And that's what happened. So I, I agree with all that stuff. I, I simply, um, there's a bigger story, uh, watching a YouTube video, I think is, um, condemning somebody before they've had their time in court. And most of those police officers are being held to that standard. I, obviously, if you, uh, have had a problem with the police officer, you should file a complaint and uh, and help hold them accountable and let the system work. But in a lot of the situations you're talking about, people have already condemned the people before they've even had a trial. I mean, George Floyd, you've even in kind of what you're saying, um, the officers involved with George Floyd, uh, you've already pretty much condemned them without um them going through trial you're just you're just no 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 i had no those officers should not have done what they've done and any of that because this was almost a year ago that this kind of stuff has happened when that happened i had no animosity to both sides i was impartial and then all this information comes out about both of them we're still waiting for this crap to freaking roll through This this is just in may okay so it's getting pretty close for an, it's enough for me. That's getting pretty close to a year. You know ago. How to count one. Dude, 20, 2020 is the equivalent of like a decade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, in the, 
but I'm I'm not like, oh, well, I condemn them after the fact. No, it, it's been enough time since I don't know why there hasn't been a date set for court. No, there uh, has maybe been. Has. They're, they're trying to find a location with it because you're supposed to be judged by, if we're talking George Floyd, the uh, by your peers. Was it Derek Chavez is the officer that the one that had his D on his back or neck. Um they're looking for a place to hold the trial where they can get a jury pool that isn't already tainted. Yeah. So they're having a last I heard they were going up in the Moorhead, Minnesota area, which is a suburb of Fargo, North Dakota, to actually have the trial to try to get a jury pool that isn't all messed up. So I don't know, it, but I, I do uh, just going off there. I think the uh, DA Keith Ellison, um, he's overreached by charging that guy with second degree murder. That might be a very hard thing for them to prove. There's other charges of murder. They could pros- probably process prosecute them on, but second degree might be a tough one because that is some sort of intent you have to prove. And I don't know. If I mean, could... I'd see it falling under manslaughter, but yeah, uh... so I don't, I don't know if they can prove the intent for the, uh, Chavez uh, that he like woke up that morning and wanted to kill somebody kind of thing. That might be tough to prove, but I, you know, who knows, but that's why we have court systems and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's keep our, we're in the area of politics. So this is just kind of a fun little thing. Uh, There's this bakery in uh, Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah. PA bakery. They've been baking these cookies for presidential elections for a few races now, so you can see the Biden and the Trump cookies. You want to share the screen real quick? Oh, I thought I did. Oh, sorry. No, you did not. There you go. Do you see it now? Yes. Okay. So there you got the uh, Biden and the Trump cookies, and they've been predicting le- elections on these cookies. So right now, um, last I read, the Trump cookies are up yep, here. It is as far as 10 a.m. when they did this story a couple days ago, Trump leads three to one. And so they're predicting Trump's going to win because they're selling more Trump cookies. I like that. That's fun. Yeah, that's kind of a fun thing. So speaking of Trump, a new website popped up in the last couple of weeks because very uh, find people dot info. Yeah. So this is everybody keeps saying that Trump has never denounced uh, white supremacy and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, he at the Charlottesville thing where their kit people were tearing down statues and all of that kind of stuff. Um, that he said there's very fine people on both sides. Well, when you read, when you listen to the context of it, which I'll play, I went to a certain point and let him talk here for a second. Now, I am not a Trump supporter, but I do understand that everybody says. Oh, Trump never denounces white supremacists or the KKA, and he has multiple times. And this is right after Charlottesville. Let's listen to him for a second. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But there you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, Okay. And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers. And you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. 
You got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Yeah, and that's what I totally agree with. Where and it's a hot opinion even at Best Buy, but I mean, I it's an opinion I have where it's it's just like the people protesting. I support in general. I don't want to say all the support, like most of them, but they support a good number of people that are protesting because they're, you know, they're trying to make sure that like, hey, this stuff is happening and it's on the rise. And in a lot of cases, it's it's not right. Like these these things matter, blah, 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 blah. I support that, like support their right to protest, support some of the things they say. But at the same time, half the people in those groups are freaking like just absolute nuts burning things you're rioters oh yeah um but at the other side like i almost became a proud boy and now they are a white nationalist kind of thing and i love gavin mcginnis and he's even denounced the group yeah, he's, he's out of the group now yeah and you know and there's a couple other things i've totally supported on the right but they've become so far ultra uh right where they're basically ultra white um with what they do where i'm like i i can't even mm-hmm. like agree or side with you on things and i i'm just like it's so polarizing what's happening but i mean he's making a fair point there's people on the right there are like protesting hey don't tear down this statue um i i i completely understand why people don't want like uh civil war era statues up just like everyone tore down nazi memorabilia and things like that i completely understand it um i personally don't think we should tear down these statues or these things from the South, I think we should set up a national park or national, whatever, someone like Vandevere park here in Davenport. And you relocate basically all of those statues to this one area. And it's a curated thing. It's outside to where you can see that these statues were here at this time. This is who put it up. So you have the history of these things that were put there. And this is what someone believed. Yes, it was racist or it was whatever. But it it very specific time in America that's influenced so much culture in this area. I think those should be preserved because I think they are parts of history. Heck, I mean, we, we still keep the Roman Colosseums where they freaking butchered people i mean thousands i think the really? Roman coliseum yeah what did the roman coliseum it could hold like ten thousand people couldn't it yeah uh the one in rome and it, it, uh, they just literally watched christians muslims anyone that wasn't uh uh, uh, uh polytheist just freaking ripped apart well that you was know? the we, uh sideshow of the day right yeah we, we kept those things so I, I think we I, keep put, I think those statues a lot of these statues are great works of art that people are destroying so whether, like you say, put them in a park someplace for people to still view them and understand history, or uh, I've always been a proponent of taking most of these statues and putting them in a museum um, where you can control the environment around them, put up a lot of extra stuff that says, okay, this is a statue of such and such, and here's the the background of the statue and yeah i mean like why don't they make like a they have nazi museums where you go in there and it's a very sad depressing Mm -hmm. point of view where you see all this like nazi memorabilia but then you see all the jews and things collected from that like why don't they have that where it's just a museum like the national uh uh, almost said soviet uh, confederate museum and like 
Houston, Texas or something or Louisiana, you go, there's this huge museum where you go in and there's statues of Jefferson Davis, of Confederate flags, all this Confederate stuff. And then you're like, oh, this is kind of neat. And you get towards the mid or back of the museum and they have like slave breeding tables. They have slave shackles. They have skulls of slaves. Like they, this is what these people did. A majority of these people, no matter what you think they, they fought for uh, state rights or any of this other kind of stuff where they just wanted decentralized government. I mean, they, they, most of these people were slavers and this is what they did. It's real. And it happened. And this should not ever happen again. Slavery in jails and prisons and now and whatever, or sex trafficking, this should not happen. So I, I think a museum, if we can make it in that the orientation, then I, I think it'd be good. Yeah. So let's go on to uh, this guy, Joe Collins, who's running against Maxine Waters in uh, California. Uh, he has a very clever campaign commercial. So I'll just play it. I'm Joe Collins. I'm running for Congress against Maxine Waters. Do you know where I am right now? Maxine Waters is sick million dollar mansion. Do you know who I'm not right now? Maxine Waters District. Yep, that's right. Maxine does not live in a district, but I do. I was right here in South LA in a place Maxine used to live. Maxine Waters does not drink our water. She does not breathe our air. And while she sits here in her mansion, our district is in ruins. Let me show you. Nice shoes. So he's just a real clever guy. I don't, the ad's about four minutes long. You can go click on the link in the show notes. I've only watched that later. Him, uh, he's got a million views on this campaign commercial now. Uh, but it, it is really a good, a well done commercial. Uh, Max, he's, this is all be, Maxine Waters used to live in her district, but of course, every time you win in the, you know, in the house, you get to gerrymander your district. And uh, so she's gerrymandered herself out of the district, but keeps a certain population together for her district. But she, her principal house, as he stood in front of it, isn't in her district anymore. And I, um, so she spends most of her time outside of her district in her little mansion. And he's showing that. Now he's a he's a veteran and uh, he's running for Congress. And you know, if you listening and you live in California and in that area. Um, of course, Maxine Waters, for me, is one of those people who've been in Congress forever, just like Joe Biden, who keeps saying everything's wrong, but they've been there forever and they've had a chance to change. And if you've listened to the podcast at all, you'll know that I'm a big proponent of voting incumbents out. If you've been in two or three times, the voters should um, put in term limits by voting you out. So I don't care who you are. If you've been in there too long and you're getting rich on the backs of the people, you need to go. Yep. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. I, I don't like Maxine waters. She's one of those people where she's got that Joe Biden dementia. That's what I'll call it. Joe Biden dementia, where it's like in February, you're doing hot you're doing great. And then a month later you're like, uh, where, where am I? You know, you have that old person kind of, you don't know where you're at. Although she's got that Joe Biden dementia all the time. Um, so it's just wackadoodle. I, I, yeah. I, and I don't, I just don't get her and Pelosi. They're people that I just, I don't understand why they're, they're still there. You know, I'm, they make so much money and I just, I just don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, Pelosi has been lambasted 
basted, lambasted, or basted? Lambasted. Lambasted, basted uh, for years because she bought like a really expensive home in LA, I think. Oh, she is. And her husband's wealthy. So, mm. and she's made millions of dollars being in the house. Yeah. And this, this is just like, I don't like Joni Ernst for Iowa. I'm probably going to vote Teresa Greenfield. Um, even though she's a, she's a Democrat, I'm probably going to vote for her because Ernst has become such an incumbent figure where it's like, she's, she's a Republican. So we have to vote for her. Like that's what the local Republican party is. Well, she's, she's a Republican. So we're going to vote for her. I'm like, what? And she, she bought like a multi-million dollar condo in DC and she has a home in Des Moines. And it's like, yeah, you have to live in your district. Yeah. 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 So why why vote for the other person if you don't really like them either? Why not? Just- uh, no, I, I I think I like Teresa Greenfield. Um, she supports uh, updating the minimum wage, and uh, which I again in general the minimum wage is a big issue for a lot of people. But let's be honest, the minimum wage hasn't been updated in uh, almost fifteen years with inflation stuff. It's it's due. To be updated actually makes the minimum wage. A lot of people, because so many places will give you a little bit more than the minimum wage. Here, if you work, most places will pay you eight dollars an hour. That's seventy-five cents above the minimum wage. Like, why can't the minimum wage be nine dollars? Like in Nebraska, nine bucks, and most places pay you ten. At least depend on the states to make the minimum wage. Because they're not going to do it, and that's the problem. But so if they, if some, so if you want, like Illinois, raise your minimum wage to fifteen dollars. Well, not fifteen. I'm not saying because that wouldn't account for inflation. I'm saying like I think nine dollars is fine. Or, but it's just a. I know, but I'll give you. You're talking minimum wage now, and and all that. I do want to go back though with. uh, you may like the person running against a, another person in a locally, um, but you should always nationally, but I, like I've always told you guys to vote, um, vote your party, whatever your party is, because if you, whenever they get, whether they're Republican or Democrat, they get up to the House or the Senate, they in general vote their party. Doesn't matter what they spout on the campaign trail. Um, for instance, if you are not uh, for abortion and and um, you are more about states' rights and such, but you like the Democrat, then don't vote that Democrat in because as soon as they get to the uh, to the House or the Senate, they start voting with their party. Or or if you're pro-abortion and and you want the federal government to take things over and raise the minimum wage to all wackadoodle, then uh, don't vote for the Republican because he's not going to, even if he said all that he's for all that stuff, he's not going to vote that way. He or she is not going to vote that way when they get to Washington. Locally for city council and stuff, that's different matter. But once they get into the House or the Senate and they start meeting with the leaders of their party, the majority and the whips and and all of that, they get all skewed and they have to pay money to get into certain committee ships and all of that. And they've got to raise money to, to pay that. And they pay it into the party system. It's all skewed. So if, if you want to vote for the Democrat, 
great, but look at the Democrat platform and make sure you agree with it before you vote for somebody like that. Because but here, here's the thing, though. The end, here, she has screw a, over. I, I get it, dude. I get it. Listen, I, I, I mean, he listened to you for 22 years. I totally agree with you about the, um, you know, voting your party. But at, the, at this point, like there, there is no other Republican. Right. There's other Democrats. That's why I'm saying maybe it's better not to vote at all for that position. Then no, no I, vote. I would, no vote I, I still a vote. D- sure. But I, I would rather have like Teresa Greenfield, who is new to this and getting in there that has that actually lives in the state is actually her family's invested in this state and stuff like that. And yeah, sure. If she doesn't pan out. Great. I'll make a big effort to get her out or get someone else in. Yeah. Well, Whatever. but you know, it's hard to get rid of the incumbents, right? Well, yeah, it's just going to be hard to get rid of Joni Ernst. But, you know, as soon as you buy multi-million dollar condos in another state working for the government um, and then, you know, the, the local Republican parties in each county pay like $10,000 to host a dinner at the Iowa Machine Shed. Yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> That's the done. party system. I, you know, I, I'm sick I of it. It's, just, it's Right. So why, why vote for, you know, I usually vote third party. So why why vote for either of the two majority parties? Like you're gonna no get you're gonna third, get shafted either. But there's way. like no the third party people running are like the cringiest people. <laughs> That's true. Hi, my name's Doug Davis, and I'm um a <laughs> well, now, vermin vermin uh, vermin res- vermin supreme. supreme. Pretty cool because he has a boot on his Pre- head. He, yeah, he promises up. everybody a pony. Yeah, I mean he's what he's running on nothing. I'm cutting up dough with a a credit card <laughs> i can't i can't help it i i got you know that wacky brain syndrome yeah well let's go so it would be a miss this week if we didn't mention that there's an uproar over hunter biden right now so yeah, what, is, what is going on with that i heard something about his well, emails got leaked then twitter tried to ban it and then it well, actually here, reached here's what, people yeah here's the what i know is basically at some point in time when Hunter Biden possibly was drunk or high, turned in a MacBook Pro into this shop in Delaware to get repaired. And he never came back to get it. So like this shop had like typical repair shops. If you don't come get your stuff after six months, it's ours. Um, so you you basically have turned it over to the shop. So this guy who ha- does happen to be a Republican um, has a signed uh, like RMA or something from this, from Hunter Biden that said, I've dropped my machine off with you and Hunter Biden signed it. Now on this laptop is a whole bunch of emails. Uh, many of them that say things that refer to H every, a lot of the emails are in code and they're all, um, no one's denied that the emails exist and that they're part of the system. So, but H refers to Hunter and then the big guy refers to Joe Biden. And in some of the emails, it talks about their Chinese operatives. And of course, people from the Ukraine and Burisma that are contacting Hunter to try to get an audience with Joe Biden. Some of this happened while he was vice president. None of that is, in general, illegal, although there's some money changing hands and things like that. But what the problem is, is that Joe Biden said, I don't know. I've never had any dealings with anybody that 
my son has a business thing with, which is starting to become more obvious that that's a lie. Well, maybe he doesn't realize he did because he's well, there's no dimension. Well, and the campaign came out and said, well, we don't have anything in the official schedule that says we met with these people. Like if you were doing something that was going to be viewed nefarious, you would put it in the official schedule, right? Yeah. So the other thing that's on these emails is this is going more towards the conspiracy side. Although every day it gets a little closer to what's going on. So you see right here where I got my cursor, Hunter Biden email detail, alleged Chinese ties confirmed by source. So there's a whole bunch of uh, pictures of potentially Hunter Biden doing uh, pedophile stuff. And there's already been one photo leaked of him with a crack, a crack or a meth pipe in his mouth and a whole bunch of stuff like that, that it sounds like the Chinese government had obtained and was holding it in a way to uh, blackmail Hunter Biden and Joe Biden somehow here to peddle influence. Bro, everyone knows Hunter Biden is a crackhead and it wouldn't be that yeah, big of a surprise so, someone released it. Right. So that there's that side. And then on the, uh, the last thing in this, is some of these emails talk about how uh, we're going to pay Hunt- some email between some Brisma and Hunter. We're going to pay you such and such amount of money. But big guy said, we need to keep 10% for the family and 10% for him or the 20% for the family and 10% for him. So this is, so it's becoming, it looks like not confirmed yet, but looks like, there's this whole pyramid scheme with the Biden family. So we send Hunter out to make these deals. These people pay him huge amounts of money. And then we've got like a family foundation and the, and the Joe Biden fund. And that if we pay Hunter $10,000, so much money has to go to the big guy fund for Joe Biden. And so much has to go to the family trust. And then you get to keep the rest for peddling this influence. But again, here's, going- the, here's the big conspiracy is that the big guy is actually Donald Trump and Hunter Biden actually works <laughs> for the pre- the president. I don't know. Uh, but I've got a link here in the show notes. People can go. Here's all the aggregate um, story. And there's a ton of them. And they're not like all right wing sources. I mean, it's starting to come become more prevalent. But because. um Joe Biden said these aren't true. So Twitter has banned people from posting uh, the New York post led with the story. So their New York post on Twitter can't post anything else until they take this story down and they're refusing to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AIs in uh, Facebook and other social media platforms are de um, escalating this new story and trying to keep it tamped down. And uh, so it's, I don't know that and supposedly um, the FBI's had this since last November, this information and Rudy Giuliani is where this guy came to, to say he had this laptop. And of course, Giuliani's a little screwy now and he's waited to do it like as an October surprise. 
uh, right before the election. So I, I don't know entirely what to believe, but there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and of course the president's going off the deep end saying, you know, Joe Biden's corrupt and he's a criminal and blah, 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 blah. So, uh, so, so I'd ask now at this point, who do you think is going to win? Well, as I've been telling you for weeks, it's a toss up. Um, the, the big thing to me is when you look at the rallies between Trump and Biden, I mean, um, it does look like this election is going to become a turnout election, which means you turn out your base and that's who's going to win. And if Biden's rallies are any, any indication of the excitement of his base and people actually showing up to vote for him, then I think Trump's going to win. If you believe the polls, which here's what I say, are all, wack, the, all the people are that are because they're oversampling Democrats. I mean, they're they're pulling Democrats out of like counties that have voted Republican for 50 years and saying, oh, this this time they're going to vote Democrat and then saying Joe Biden's up by double digits. I I can't believe that. Yeah, so, I so out of all the people I know um, in the in town that have voted by mail so far. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I'm gonna what I'm gonna end up doing too is uh, they've all voted Biden. There's not a single person I know that's voted by mail that's voting that has voted for Trump. I think basically everyone that's voting for Trump is going to vote in person. And yeah. I think pretty much everyone that's voting Biden is going to vote by mail. Well, the, and then that comes into the next thing is how do you think your your vote by mail is going to be accepted? Because, yeah. you know, I've been getting, and I've told you this, because I keep shredding them. I keep getting ballots for you with my address up here in Minnesota, but with your name on it, to vote in Iowa. I've also, I've moved, and I've registered to vote in Minnesota, but I keep getting ballots to vote back in the Quad Cities in Iowa. So at some point, you got to start questioning are these mail-in ballots are even going to be valid? Yeah, I think they're going to be valid enough. Uh, I like, I, I don't think it, it shouldn't be that hard to go through. It's just like, I think voter ID should be a thing. Um, every ballot, at least here has like a barcode on it. So, I mean, seriously, you just nothing. You're dropping it in a mailbox. Whatever, but I mean, the, the idea is that all the ballots get collected. They don't get counted until a certain time. And all the ballots get sent through a machine, and all they do is do, 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 just they scan the ballots. And then once all the ballots are scanned and gone through, if there's any irregularities that like, hey, this barcode is set up several times for the same name, then, oh, there's the issue. That's I think that's the way it's supposed to be set up. What is it going to happen or not? I don't know. Um, I just know I, you know, I, I guess I could vote in person, but it, it's going to be for I don't have that. There's the problem. I don't have time because for whatever reason, they don't want to make uh, Election Day a national holiday. It should be it should be a holiday. It should be a federal holiday. So on Election Day, you can go vote in person. I don't know why it isn't, um, but like I don't, I don't have that day off. Do you? Well, no, but you, the polls are open till like eight o'clock at night. 
I work from 9.45 a.m. to 8.15 p.m. Yeah, but the polls open like 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but here, here there, there's the problem you're running into, though, man. Who ha- then, I don't well, have the so, time to. Yeah, but but you can do an. A- so there's a difference between we do need to make the distinction between absentee ballots. Well, that's the thing. Iowa only and, does absentee. They don't send you a ballot in the mail. Whatever you're getting isn't real then because they're not sending they're not sending us a ballot unless you request an absentee ballot. So whatever you're getting are sample things or whatever because they're not just sending out anything. At least in Scott County, you have to have an absentee ballot registered and then it gets sent to you and then you vote and you put it back in the envelope and you send it back to the county treasurer or whatever. They, yeah, I think it's the county treasurer that does it. So you in Iowa... They call it mail application by mail. It, and it's called absentee and mail-in voting. Yep. So you're saying that there's no mail-in voting, but. No, it, absentee voting is mail-in voting. Everyone gets a letter about their registration. Um, on that letter, you have the option to call the number, email, or send the letter back requesting an absentee ballot. But now I can also do it on Facebook. I can do it anywhere online. I don't know why this election, but um, I can do it anywhere online for the register to vote and have a request an absentee ballot. So it gets sent to you an absentee one. I have my voter ID card. Basically, it doesn't count mm-hmm. as actual um, identification for you, but that card gives me the district, the ward, the locations, everything I need to go vote at or the information I need to request an absentee ballot. I don't get just get sent one. I have to request one, but almost I, I, and I know a majority of people that I've talked to that are voting have already requested an absentee ballot and have already filled it out and sent it back in. Sure. Yeah, I've done it numerous times when I know I, for work, I've been away. I'm going to be away on that day. So I've requested an absentee ballot so I don't have to worry about. So I've, I've done that numerous times, but that that's different than mail-in voting mail-in ballots like here absolutely no come on man that's taking it so far. you're not talking about mail-in voting you're talking about a mass exodus of letters of ballots to everybody because absentee voting is mail-in voting. You no, mail it in. you cannot conflate the two because that has a process i'm telling you in minnesota there's just ballots everywhere then it shouldn't be that way. So right. it should just be an automated mailing thing. It should be an absentee voter, but it's, they're so still they're, mail they're in just, voting They're The ballots are just getting mailed out. Some people have not saying in Minnesota, but several States have received two or three ballots. Well, who's to say that if you, that you are know, sent from the government. Months. Yeah. Who's to say you fill out three and send it back and they only accept one. Who's to say it's not going to work that way. I, I don't, well, it's what I'm saying. That's where I was getting at. Do you really think a lot of these mail-in ballots are going to be valid? I, I think in the majority, I, I think there's a system enough with the USPS that it's going to get sorted out. Uh, it's probably going to be a Bush-Al Gore situation where Al Gore should have been president in 2000. Um, but then by a hanging chat and several days later, Bush wins. Well, that's ex- well, no, the Supreme Court said of Florida. The Supreme Court of Florida well, the US- decided that they would not do any more recounts because every recount they'd already done different- like three of them. 
number one. And number two, it went to the Supreme Court and it was upheld. And number four and 27, the New York Times and several other large media outlets went down and recounted all the ballots. And each one of them came up and said, George Bush actually won by the actual counting of the ballots. Whatever. What I've been taught and told is that Al Gore should have been president and back in the the knots. That's only if you don't believe in the electoral college and you want us to go to the popular vote. No, I'm not for the popular vote. I there you go. So okay, well let's uh California does need to be several different states though. So we're getting long in the in the tooth here. So uh do you want to talk uh covid or what do you want to talk about Ooh, we've only got through half of our list today that i said yeah yeah we had a good talk though um i don't know covid honestly i my uh mother-in-law has covid my sister-in-law my brother-in-law has covid uh one of my siblings has covid uh a co-worker has covid i, I mean there's well this some- yeah the thing is is it's it's kind of like the flu virus now so yeah, I, and not, I mean, not in not, uh, people listening to this, some of them are going to go nuts. I'm not, I'm just saying that it's the flu, guys. It's a hoax. That, that's not what I'm saying. It's very contagious, like the flu. So if you're around somebody with the flu, you're very likely to get it. And if you're around somebody with COVID, but I, you know, we, the people that I know that have COVID, it's acting really weird. One, one person in a five person household will have COVID and the other three, three or um, teenagers don't have it and their spouse doesn't get it. And they've all been in the, basically the same house and stuff quarantining. So how does that work? So does that mean that the, the other four people didn't have it before or something? It's also very random, just like the flu, a very small percentage of people have some really extreme symptoms, uh, but none of them have been hospitalized. They're pretty severe, but they haven't been hospitalized. And the rest of everybody down to somebody who said, I had a sore throat for a day and coughed a little bit, and then it was done. So it's acting really strange with all of these different people that I know. Um, and so I, I I just don't, I don't get it, but I do what? know there's what's that. I was just saying the people I've talked to, um, like my sibling says that uh, they, they, they were told it was going to be more like the flu, but now that they have it, they're like, it feels more like what people describe mono. And I'm like, I've had mono. So, I mean, I can understand what it feels like then, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I almost want to get it just to be able to say oh, I had COVID and get a little patch that says I survived COVID. Put a little but, scarlet letter on you. Yeah. But I, I want to know what it feels like. I want to know like what, what is going on because it's really worrying in one aspect. Cause I, I've heard stories of people dying with the other side. I've heard people that are just like totally overblown. Like my, uh, the girl trans grandmother died and she ended up contracting COVID as on her deathbed. And they said, Oh, she's a COVID death. Even though she didn't die of COVID, she died of a broken spine and internal bleeding. Yeah. You know, so I see both of those. Jeffrey, but, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein died of COVID. Yeah, apparently. But, uh, you know, at the same time, when I have family or uh, the in-laws, I'm really worried because I sure. I don't want them to die of COVID. Uh, but I, I really can't tell how bad it is or really how, you know, how you, not You can't tell because everybody's reacting differently. 
Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm getting at. And just like the flu, the flu affects a whole bunch of people differently. And, uh, some people get really sick from the flu and some people, it, you know, barely phases. So most people are off work three or four days and then they start to feel better and then they go back to work. You know, basically they're off work for a week and then they go back to work. Mm-hmm. COVID's kind of the same. Um, not that people are going back to work because we have all these restrictions on quarantines and stuff, but on the backside of it, you're not, you're more contagious the day before you actually start showing symptoms than you are the last day that you don't have symptoms. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's one thing I'm positive about because that's my own experience. What you're positive. Yeah. Well, not that COVID, not COVID positive. So two things I wanted to talk about COVID is here is 6,000. So we always hear believe in the science. Well, here's, 6,000 scientists that have, and it's counting, that have signed a petition calling for the end of lockdowns because it disproportionately hurts the poor people. Something I've been saying since the beginning of this when it happened is you're telling people that they need to lose their jobs and stuff. And then just this last week, the World Health Organization came out and said, hey, don't use lockdowns as a way to control the virus because you're disproportionately hurting poor people and yeah, the who in the who in that report said that lockdowns are really not there to stop the virus so much as they are there to um just kind of pause everything for like a week or two so that uh, the government and local uh, local municipalities and just families can regroup rethink and restructure everything so at the end of that lockdown you go into it with a plan to everything reopening and we just kind of follow that plan. It's not there just to sit in there forever. And if we did a lockdown, you're right. It does disproportionately uh, hurt poor people. Um, but what needs to happen is there needs to be a moratorium on rent and mortgages. So businesses and landlords, things like that don't have to pay rent and mortgages. So neither do tenants or neither do other people. Yeah. You still probably need to pay your t- utilities uh, and things like that. But in general, your housing should just be, it's just there, at least for a certain period of time. If we did a lockdown, even now during COVID, I still am a proponent of uh, mortgage and rent moratoriums and things like that, where uh, you can't charge rent and we're not going to charge you a mortgage. Everyone's fair and square for like this period of time. And it is not a suspended. It's not a, we'll pay it later. It's just, it's just not happening for like um, three months or something. So in that time, People aren't worried about, well, if I need to stay home because there's something going on, it's fine. Because if honestly, if I had the choice and option of where I could stay home and not go out more, I probably would. I would rather not be going around work with people without masks, coughing on me and spitting on me basically (laughs) um, just to make 15 bucks an hour with no 401k. Well, here's what the WHO said. Look what's happened to small older farms all over the world. Look what's happening to poverty levels. It seems that we may well be, we may well have a doubling of world poverty by the next year. We may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that in um, what I've experienced is that one of the primary ways that uh, child malnutrition in the United States and of course, child abuse is, often noticed is through the school systems. 
and the teachers report to the social workers and social workers talk to the kids and get that squared away. And so, and what's happening now is that that kind of feedback loop isn't happening. And then on top of that, can you hear that? Nice. Nice. Yeah, I can hear that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Windows for having Thanks, Bill Gates. Yeah. Constantly have me re put my password in all the time. Um, so the, yeah, but the other side of that is, is that um, you have parents that are out of work, so they're more highly stressed. So guess what happens at home? Some parents don't know how to handle that. So they, you know, take it out. of their kids. You know, I turn notifications off and still I get all these funny noises. How does that work? It's not a notification if it's a warning sign that your computer's going to crash. Well, that's that's not what's happening. So anyway, all that to say, this lockdown stuff has really hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it, it's going to continue. Maybe my prediction is November 4th that... Uh, after the election. After the election, the hysteria. Not that COVID's going away, but the hysteria will be gone. Trump's going to come out with the vaccine like two days before the election or something. No, he's not. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna drop it. He's gonna drop something that we thinks the the vaccine two days for the election, and then bam. We'll see. Well, uh, I did want a, a follow up from our last podcast where there was that though that threesome that was doing nasty things on an altar mm-hmm. at the uh, Catholic church down in Louisiana, down in New Orleans. Um, originally, they were gonna exercise the altar and stuff, but the um, the archdiocese actually pulled the altar out and had it burned. <laughs> yep. Probably a, probably a good thing. Yeah. And so <laughs> I just wanted to, I thought good for you, you know, good for you, what you're doing. Um, let's go. Well, we're, yeah, we're about out of time. So let's do a couple of positive notes here. So okay. um, first one, oh, if my right click will work. There it goes. Um, so an American poet has just won a Nobel Prize for literature. Yeah, go USA. Yeah. So um, I can't pronounce Louise Gluck. Gluck? I don't know how to pronounce this. Louise Glock. Glock. <laughs> like, the, like the weapon. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was cool uh, that uh, she won this. Um, uh, the Nobel Prize. She's 77. Um, she's a professor at Yale University. So it's just kind of a cool thing. You can go on the show notes there and click on the link and, um, you know, read a little bit more about her story. But uh, it is a nice little. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting lots of 404 errors. That's not good. It's uh, the end of the show then. 404. Oh. Well, that's not good. So I guess we're ending with that one. But. There was a story, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes, two, two other positive note stories, that uh, there's a little girl who's four in uh, the UK who uh, had a bad dream about needy kids not having a Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's just put out a little thing on social media to have people come and, and um send her toys to send to kids at Christmas time. And she's hoping to send out like 400 boxes. And I just thought that was a really cool thing. That's nice. And then there is a lady who uh, remarried her husband um, 
and it's an interesting story because he has dementia and he forgot that they were married. Oh, and so, yeah, it's sad. Uh, but it was cool that they got to be remarried and, you know, just, just kind of a neat thing. So true love prevails. True love always prevails. So, well, that's about it for today. We'll be broadcasting from uh, two different states next time. Again, next week. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man child. So don't forget to cross this stream of consciousness with others as we've done with you today. Until next week, don't fall up a down elevator. And remember, if I don't make it back, check Hunter Byron's emails to see what happened to me. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time. God bless you, everyone. All right. Deuces. Thank <laughs> you.